This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Stay tuned and visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org. Andy's story about the uh, nativity scene reminds me of my family. Our, we have, Gail's been a collector of nativity scenes over the years, and we have them from all over the place and all over the world, but the one we started out with was the one that she inherited from her family. I'd never seen a nativity scene before that had a turkey in it until I, until I got married, and there's a turkey in our... But, you know, now that I think about it, they did have to have something to eat later that day. So I guess that's what it, what, what it was there for. Um, but I hope you enjoy yours and uh, use it tomorrow uh, or Sunday or when's Christmas? Tuesday as you share the Christmas story with your family, and it's a great, great way to teach the little ones about who Jesus is and why he came. Uh, What if Jesus had never been born? You know, Christmas, at least to Christians, uh, is about the birth of the Savior. And I'm sure, I know, that there are maybe even more people than there are Christians in this country that when it comes to Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, if it's part of it at all, it's such a small, small part. And some people, for some, I'm sure it's not part of it at all. It's all about Santa Claus and all about gifts and all about, you know, visiting family and so forth. But for us, it's, it's about the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who lived and died and rose again to give eternal life to all who believe in him. And, and, and I realize that, that for many, not even the majority in this, in this uh, country, the story of that incarnation, the, the eternal God becoming a human in infant form, it's probably not on their agenda for Tuesday. And even for Christians, after, you know, for us, after all the gifts and the parties and the big dinner and the plans to head to the store for the after Christmas deals and to exchange the things that you really don't care for, you know, we do those things. Even for us, celebrating the miracle of Bethlehem's manger might, unfortunately, be an afterthought. The Christmas story, which is found in the opening words of Matthew's and Luke's gospel, is the story of the most treasured birth in history. But what if his story wasn't a thought at all? What if the angel had never revealed God's plan to Mary and Joseph? What if the governor had never decreed a census requiring this young couple from Nazareth to make the 90-mile trek to their ancestral home, Bethlehem, down in the south? What if the shepherds never heard the angel's words, unto you is born this day in the city of David? a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What if none of that ever happened? At the least, because no matter how far from the story of Jesus they've traveled, Christmas celebrations did start with remembering his birth, even though we don't have a clue what the actual date of Jesus' birth was. But the actual date's not what's important. You know, there are some people, there are some people that all they want to do is put out everybody else's fun. And they say, you Christians, you celebrate Christmas on December 25th. You don't even know it was December 25th. Who cares? He was born. We know that. What is important is that he came. But what if he hadn't come? Have you ever stopped to ponder that? Have you ever thought, what would this world be like if Jesus had not come? Let me, let me list this morning for you a, a few things, not everything certainly, but a few things that I think stand out that either would not or could not be if Jesus had not come. 
Number one, we couldn't be Christians. We couldn't be Christians. If Jesus had not come, what would we be? Would we be pagan? And if so, if we were pagan, as most of the world, all the world, essentially, except for that little band of people called the Jews, all the world was, essentially, would we be doing what they were doing then in most parts of the world and practicing human sacrifice? After all, it is Christianity that when it came into the world and spread that changed so much of those kinds of evils in the world, but what would stop that now if Christ had not come? Maybe we wouldn't be pagan. Maybe, we, maybe we'd, all be, we'd all be Muslim. Have you stopped to think about that? Their religion, the Muslim religion, is one of conquering other nations. And they attempted to conquer Europe, but they were turned back in Spain in the Middle Ages by armies claiming to be Christian, carrying the banner of the cross, stop them from coming any farther. But if Christ had not been born, the Muslims would have come into Europe, perhaps conquered Europe. And if that had happened, then where would we be today as Americans? In a very real sense, I think we probably, instead of being founded by Christian pilgrims, might have been founded instead by Muslim pilgrims, and we might be very different today. We wouldn't be Christian. A second thing that I think of, Jesus had not born, is the Bible would be a collection of worthless fables. The Bible that you hold in your hand, the Bible that you read, the Bible that we've been going through this month and seeing those prophecies of Christ. All the Bible starting in Genesis, and tomorrow night in our Christmas Eve gathering, I'm going to talk about a couple of those things in Genesis chapter 3 when Christ was first introduced to mankind in the scripture. Starting in Genesis, all the Bible points to, his, to this coming Christ who would by his death cleanse our sin and restore the relationship with God that Adam and Eve enjoyed before they fell. Old Testament prophecies, if Christ had not come, would be unfulfilled. They would have just been the lofty imaginations of delusional men that something like that would happen. If you were here last Sunday, I shared about the odds of those prophecies being fulfilled in one man's birth and life, and I, and I showed you some numbers that were absolutely astronomical, beyond our comprehension, and yet it happened. But what if Christ had not come? All of those prophecies of his coming would have been fairy tales. Alfred Edersheim, in his classic book, The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah, lists 456 passages in the Old Testament. 456 different passages in the Old Testament, and that includes 332 prophecies or predictions referring to Christ and his days as he would come to rule and to reign. That was in the Bible that was used by the Jews in their Talmud and, and Targumen, which we call the Old Testament. He said it's there, 400. 56 passages, those 332 prophecies and those 456 referrals to Christ and his days are found in the Old Testament scattered throughout 39 different Old Testament books, which were written, all of them written, the minimum of 400 years before Jesus came and some of them written 1,500 years before Jesus came. What makes the Bible unique from the other sacred writings of other religions is that those books make no attempts at predictions. 
but the Bible's authors, who we believe were inspired by God, took the risk of saying, hey, you know what? Here's what's going to happen. Knowing that if they got it wrong, the credibility of Judaism and later Christianity would be ruined. People would say it's just a bunch of mythology. They predicted Christ, and he came just as they predicted, proving that the Bible's not a collection of myths. If Jesus had not come, number three, the world would be a much more primitive place. What do you mean? Well, where slavery once thrived, Christianity ended it. Even here in our own country, even though it took far too long, the abolitionists who fought for the end of slavery were for the most part, if you read their history, they did so because they were dedicated Christian people. In countries where Christianity is the predominant influence on culture, the status of women has been elevated. In the first century, and in still in many places in the world today, women are viewed as property and at best second-class citizens with few rights. What changed that? Christianity. In countries where Christianity prevails, life takes on sacred meaning. People are more generous, especially toward the poor and the orphan. The work ethic is stronger in a nation where Christianity is predominant because people are free. Christians believe in working for what we have, not theft. And those of us old enough to remember the plight of the people under the Soviet Union, you remember how hopeless they seemed to be, those poor people that lived in those countries? Why were they so hopeless? Why was it so grim? Well, simply it's because the government was officially atheist, didn't allow God at all. What makes this country, the United States, what makes us different from much of Africa, from much of the Middle East, from, from China? And the answer is very simply this. Christ came, and people believe in him. Christianity has been a predominant part of our country. Christ came into this world to change us. He came into this world to free us. The world would be a more primitive place if Christ had not come. Number four, if Christ had not come we would remain guilty in our sins. If Jesus had not been, think with me, if Jesus had not been born, then there would be no blood that was shed. And so the New Testament teaching and going back to the Old Testament practices of, of the, uh, the sacrifices on the altar, that the blood was a cleansing agent for sin, that would be meaningless if Jesus had not come. Matthew chapter 26, verse 28, Jesus said, For this is my blood that establishes the covenant. It is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, 7, In him, talking about Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Revelation 1, verse 5 says, To him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood. If Jesus had not come, that blood would not have been shed, and we would not be free from our sin. We would all still be guilty of our sin. If Jesus had not come, number five, there would be no good news. There would be no good news 
By good news, of course, I mean the gospel. The, the word for gospel means good news. And the good news is that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, that Jesus rose again. And all of that good news, all of that that we hang our hat on, if you will, that we count so much in, all of that is contingent on Jesus becoming God with us on him being born, on him being on this earth. He could not have lived and died had he not come, could not have risen from the dead. The good news is that Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus came, took on a human body so he could die our death. The good news is that all who put their faith and trust in Jesus have everlasting life. That's good news. If Jesus had not come, that good news would not exist. If Jesus was not born, then the beautiful story of his resurrection is pure fiction. A fiction that means nobody has been raised from the dead either. No one who has died will ever be raised if Jesus did not come. And that means when you die, if Jesus had not come, when I die, that means that when we die, that's it. It's over. There's no hope for eternity if Jesus didn't come. Not only does Jesus solve my own sin problem, the Bible tells me, but he can assure me that when I die, that's not it. It doesn't end there. Listen to these scriptures Paul wrote and, uh, and John quoting Jesus. First, Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.10, he has indeed abolished death and is brought to life and immortality through the gospel. Jesus said in John 11 verses 25 and 26, that story of his resurrection of Lazarus from the dead and is speaking to his sister, and she was questioning what all had happened. He said to her, listen, I am the resurrection. I'm the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, will yet live. He who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asked her. If Jesus had not come, there would be no resurrection. The grave would be the end. But the Bible tells us that Jesus was born of a virgin mother is predicted by the prophet in Isaiah in chapter 7, verse 14. And, and that fulfillment was in a teenage girl whom God loved and who loved God, a young lady by the name of Mary, we're told in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Born of a virgin. Why is that important? Well, Because he did not have a human father. The sin nature that we all possess that's handed down to us through our fathers didn't get passed to Jesus. He didn't get that gene, if you will, because he had no human father. And that's what allowed Jesus to live a perfect, sinless life. Why is that so important that Jesus live a perfect, sinless life? And the answer is found in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. He made the one who did not know sin, Jesus, he made the one who did not know, he being God the Father, made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, become our sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Peter writes, he did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. If Jesus had not come, number six, there would be no hope of heaven. No hope of heaven. Worse than anything else, if Jesus had not been born, there would exist only one spiritual destination for your eternal soul. Only one place, only one chance, only one option. A dark and tormenting place 
where we would be eternally separated from God. There would be no hope. Heaven was out of our reach. It still is. You can't get there on your own. But because Jesus came to earth as a man to live a perfect life, as a man to to die a horrible death, and as a man to rise from the grave so that the penalty for the world's sins would be paid in full, because of all that, eternal life was made available to everyone who puts his or her faith in him for salvation. And in doing so, what happens then is God reaches down to us and offers us his home in heaven. If Jesus had not come, there would be no hope of heaven. Here's how the Apostle Paul describes it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 16. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you're still guilty of your sins. In that case, All who have died believing in Jesus are lost. In other words, we've believed a fairy tale. We've believed in someone who cannot do anything for us. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, this life that we're living now, if, well, I'd rather be a Christian even if there was no heaven or hell, I've heard someone say, I'd rather be a Christian than anything else in the world. And I appreciate that thought and that sentiment, but Paul says, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we're to be pitied more than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, thinking back to Adam, just as death came into this world through that man, now the resurrection of death, uh, uh, from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies, because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. But if Christ had not come, there would, be, there would not be that hope of everlasting life, that hope of heaven. To borrow a phrase from C.S. Lewis, a good description of life on earth, had Jesus never come, would be in his words, life would always be winter but never Christmas. Now, I'm glad that I don't have to imagine a world into which Christ never came, because he did. And I'm thankful. That's why we sang the songs we sang this morning. God, rest ye, merry gentlemen. You can have rest. You can have peace. Why? Because the Son of God came. And because he did come, the world in which we live can be redeemed, can be brought back to God. And people can be reconciled to God, just like I was when I was a 10-year-old boy, and by my simple faith, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And now I know where my eternity is is headed. Do you ever stop and think that when a Christian says to someone, I know where I'm going when I die, you ever stop to think, boy, they might, you ever think they might think you are some kind of arrogant person? to know where you're going because they, they think that maybe our eternal destiny is based upon how I live my life, how much good I do during my life, what I spend my life doing. 
rather than the transformation and the grace that God gives that he provides for our change, for our reconciliation, for our our salvation. Now, I know because as a 10-year-old, I trusted Jesus. I know where my eternity is headed, not because I deserve it, but because Jesus came, because he completed his mission of life, death, and resurrection. 2,000 years ago, in a town unknown to most of the world, we have a little image that kind of reminds us of that up there. In a, in a town of Bethlehem that most of the world never heard of, just a little village. In a dark, dirty cave that usually housed animals 2,000 years ago in that place, a baby cried, a newborn. And that tiny infant began even that same night to change lives, starting with the shepherds on the hills. And now 2,000 years later, lives are still being changed by him. So this morning, the question that, that I would like to ask of you is this. Has Christ entered into your world? Jesus came. That's a historical fact. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. We know that. But as he, as he entered your life, he's come to the world. But he didn't come to, just to a planet. He came to be part of people's lives. As he entered your life, by faith in him? And then a question, have you, how much have you let him, if he has, how much have you let him change your world? Do you show up for church on Sunday, but the rest of the week, you know, you take Jesus and put him on a shelf? It's interesting that in our calendar, you know, time, calendar-wise, is divided by Jesus' life. They break down the years, the time before Christ, and then the time after Christ. And that's how everybody looks at history, which makes him the most single, the single most influential figure in all of history that we divide time by his life. How is it that, how could it be possible, especially for those of us who believe that someone who is the most influential person in all of history and even the calendars divided by his birth and his life, how is it that he could be ignored by you and me in our daily lives? A description of Christ. I don't know when this was written. as attributed to somebody named James Allen Francis. It became popular a generation ago. I remember hearing it back in the 70s and they even took these words and put them into music, into song. It goes something like this about Christ. It says, he was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. And then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a home. He didn't go to college. He never visited a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial 
He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his garments, the only property he had on earth. And when he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Twenty centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of the human race. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned, put together, have not affected the life of man on earth as much as that one solitary life. Can you imagine had Jesus not come? Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you, Father, uh, that the Christmas season, um, we haven't lost sight totally of what it started out to be and what we celebrate as Christians, that it's about this little teenage girl in Nazareth discovering that God had for some reason chosen her to be the mother of his only son. And through a miracle, through your working in the hearts of men like the governor who ordered the census so they would come to Bethlehem so that the prophecies would be fulfilled, that he would be born in his ancestral home, the city of David, that he would be born of Mary who was a descendant of David, that his legal guardian Joseph was also a descendant of David, giving him the right to the throne, to be the king. And you put all those things together. And you did that, Father, for the purpose of bringing us back to you. That he would go through life, that he would go through life without sin, that he would then take our sin upon himself on the cross so that he would be raised from the dead just for that one purpose of saving our souls, giving us this home in heaven. So much other things, so many other things, Lord, in this world have been changed by Jesus, our culture, and the things that we've been set free from. And so we give you praise and we give you thanks for his coming today. In Jesus' name I pray. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org.